0: Friends, as our kids go downstairs, we have a section and a time in our service where we practice what we preach, we practice what we believe, and one of those things that we do believe in is that we want to find and follow Jesus together together in relationships with one another. And so we spend the next five minutes um, talking to each other, getting to know one another, which requires you, I know introverts, to stand up, move rooms. Extroverts, that also means you don't just stay in the same place. If we know anything about church, you sit in the same places all the time, right? I've actually known one family that has moved spots, and I'm kind of weirded out by it. So good for them. But we want to invite you up to get to, to know one another, to disciple one another, and to be in a relationship. But we're going to have a little prompt for you that's fun this morning to get your conversation started. And it's going to go like this. What other time period would you most like to live in and why? So take the next five minutes, go get some coffee, get some donuts, stand up, move spaces, and we'll see you back in five minutes. As we uh, come back. Uh, I want to thank you so much for some of the people that were so brave enough to say, you know, where they were going. I heard one person said that there's no time like the present. Um, For whoever that was, you didn't understand the assignment, so... We'll work on that later. Oh. Um, we are in a series called My Big Fat Mouth. Uh, and it's just a fun series of like how we're talking about the main idea is that our words are important and that our words bring life or death. And so as we talked about it last week, uh, Kyle talked about criticism and that holy critique that is different than criticism. And so we're just so thankful for that, that word. And I don't know how it's been uh, hidden your heart, but we've talked a lot about that. Like uh, in our, my relationship uh, with my wife, we went on a road trip and so we just talked a lot about that. But this week, we're talking about lying. And as I've been thinking about lying, um, I have three kids, and so we talk a lot about it, right? Our kids are 9, 7, and 5. And so when you walk in the room and you say, hey, what happened? Oh, you have no idea what you're going to get, right? Right? Uh, I mean, and so I thought about, like, what is uh, kind of lying in kind of our lives and how we are supposed to be people of the truth. But I wanted to start this with a little fun, um, is that here's the top five places that people lie... Like on a regular basis or in their life. Uh, one is driver's license. Who lies about their height and weight? Let's come on. Me, totally. I'm five eight and a half, but I definitely put five ten on my my license. But you know, it's just something about being a short guy. Um, medical surveys, right? Like you know those questions of like, have you ever smoked? Have you ever drink? Or how often? People are like, oh no, I don't. Like and so uh, doctors are often the biggest uh, people that are lied to. Um, dating apps. Come on, people. Don't get on dating apps, please. Right? The portrayal of, of who you are, or what you get. Oh, different. Uh, taxes. Ooh. Taxes. How many people are not accounting for your taxes correctly? Oh, y'all are all silent. Good. Good job. Awesome. Great. <laughs> Just me? Okay. I didn't say that. Uh, it's been seven years, and so I, I'm a, I'm out of the threshold. And last, uh, students, you know the one that's coming up? Essays. Oh, my, bro- my brother is a professor, and he says, the introduction of chat GPT has exponentially increased the cheating on essays, right? Uh, I mean, uh, I would never cheat on an essay, but, you know, that's one thing. Um, but it's funny, like, lying in some of the statistics and, like, why do we lie? It says, like, in, that 60% of people lie in the midst of a 10-minute conversation. So I'm talking for 20 minutes. Find my lie. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not how it is, right? And then some of the other sets, like, children start, like, understanding the idea of lying at age two, and then at four, they can do it convincingly. <laughs> Think about that, right? I thought it was later on, man. Parents, we're doing a bad job. Um, and then there's another one that's uh, interesting is they did a survey on some of these things, um, and they said that 70% of people that lie would be willing to do it again. Whoa. 70% of people who lie would be willing to do it again. And then the last one I think that I think is a number that's a little too low, and maybe we'll do a straw poll within the church, and then if you're honest or you lie, we'll figure it out that way. But he says 21% of people lie to avoid other people. How many of you have been like, ooh, I don't got time. Ooh, I gotta go somewhere, right? Ooh, those ones are like in the line. I'm not gonna name names who it is, but we're in the grocery store, and like you see me walking down, and you're like, ooh, I gotta go to another aisle. You can lie with your body. Uh, <laughs> uh, but really, it's funny like the way that people lie. I, mean, I think lying is a, is a part of kind of a culture and it talks about if we've done it at a young age, how do we even introduce this? And as a bad youth pastor, we even talked about like a game that we played is two truths and a lie. And the job is to learn how to figure out the lie then understand the truth. And so we just talk about how does that invade in kind of culture and places. And this morning, this big idea that we want to talk about is truth needs no lie. Like truth needs no lie in um, where it lives, in both the gospel of Jesus Christ and the people and the way in which we embody that truth. And so we're going to talk about this idea of what truth means and how it needs no lie. And so we're going to turn to, uh, in our Bibles, to Ephesians chapter 4. And so if you have your Bibles in front of me, uh, in front of you, uh, turn to them. It's great to have it in front of me, or you can follow it on the screen. And so this is what it says, Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 21. It says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off the old sinful nature, your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on a new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Church, this is the word of the Lord. And so the question we ask is, why do we lie? And one of the things that we talk about in here is, why do we lie? I don't think we believe, right? So since you've heard the news about Jesus we lie because we don't fully believe. And you may be like, Austin, like, what do you mean? Well, in my own life, I um, we talk about my big fat mouth. We were sharing stories about how you, our own mouths have gotten us into trouble. And there's this um, part, I, I hate to admit it, um, but I had a practice um, over the last years and then I got called out on it. But when I would meet somebody new, um, whether like at a restaurant or um, out like with my kids' sports, something like that, you always get that question like, what do you do? Right, and that is a fearful question for me. Right, and one that's like, <laughs> right. And so I began to say this, like, so this was when I was a youth pastor. They're like, what do you do? I was like, you know, my question and answer was, I work with students. Are you a teacher? No, not necessarily. Like, I meet with them like one on one and in group settings, and we talk about life. We talk about how to live, and we just really talk about like, what is a way to navigate those like teenage years um, in one direction. Like oh, so you're like a mentor? Well, kind of like not a mentor in a set. Like you get paid for mentoring? I was like, well, no. Like and then they're like, are you a life coach? Because that's like the new thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then that goes on, right? And then figure out like um, my a massage therapist who I had been known for like four years. And at, and that was like this was the story. And and she finally came and She's like, okay, you're you're officiating weddings and funerals. You work with students. She goes, are you a pastor? And I'm like. Yes. Right, and like when we think about like why why do we lie? It's like that we don't believe like God or we believe that God and, and his people need a supplement or a suppressant, right? Like I need to suppress that reaction of saying that I'm a pastor and all the negative connotations that I come. Right? Like, because for some people in the South, if you say you're a pastor, like I was in uh, in, in, in Texas uh, for my grandma's funeral, and they're like, oh, you're the pastor. Oh, it's so good. That's awesome. But anywhere like North, like you're a pastor, I'm like, um, oh, gosh, right? Ooh, that's not a good thing. Right? And so we like, d- my desire is like, I want to suppress that reaction, but then I also want to supplement that, like, I'm a good person. I'm pretty cool. Like, I'm fun to be around, and I want you to get a good feeling about, like, a pastor before I tell you. So, like, when you're like, oh, like, Austin's a great person, he's nice, he's kind, Um, he's fun to be around, and he's a pastor, right? Like, we try to supplement that that the truth of being called by God or being a, a follower of Jesus is something that you need to supplement for God, and so it talks about it in, in that verse is that to throw off the sinful nature. In verse 21 and verse 22, it says like, so since you have le- heard about Jesus, right? Since we have heard about Jesus and we've kind of, we've accepted, we've found and we follow him. Um, we have learned that um, the truth that comes from him. And so to throw off that old sin nature. That desire to live kind of in between worlds, to, to, to believe, but not hold on to that old self. And so this morning, you know, as we talk about what does it mean to believe, we need to learn that there's no need, that God doesn't need you to supplement or suppress who he is or his people. That we, even though like we're sinful and fallen, we don't need to supplement to make God out to be better than He actually is. And so the, the, the truth is that we come in and say like, well, why do we lie? I think the second part of why we lie is not only if we don't believe, is that we don't trust. Right? Cause we talk about trust is uh, the practice of belief. Right, is the playing out of our belief. And so if we don't trust, if we don't believe, then we don't trust. We don't trust God and we don't trust one another. That we don't really fully trust in the character of God and the character of his people. Colossians three nine says this. If you want to throw that on the board, Evan? On the screen. Colossians three nine. One more. It says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off its old self with its practices. Like one of the things that we understand and know as followers of Jesus Christ is not only that we believe who he is and we follow him, but then we be implement practices based on what we believe. And that says like you're throwing off that old nature, that, that life that lives contrary to the truth and the practices that live out that lie. And so, when we say that not only that we believe, we also trust, but if we don't believe, we don't trust. And we bring on practices of unbelief. That trust is literally the practice of our belief. That we don't just believe who God is and who he says he is, and who Jesus is at the revelation of God, and that the Holy Spirit is present and he will come again. We don't just believe that, but we put trust, practices that are lived out in our daily lives, that represent that. And in this series, we've talked about two things that life and death come from our word. And if we lie, it's because we don't trust. We don't believe that the truth actually brings life and freedom. We you don't believe that lies bring death. And so if we don't believe those things that we implement practices of lying in our life on our unbelief to one another. That we don't believe in the character of God. We don't fully trust that the character of God is who He says He is. And we don't trust in the character of His followers, the people of God, in our relationship with one another. And so we operate in practices of lying, right? That we don't believe that God, we don't believe God, we don't trust that God is loving. We don't trust that God is actually forgiving. We don't trust that grace is for us, right? We don't believe uh, we don't trust in the grace that we receive from one another. That when we lie to one another, it's because we don't believe that the that the people and the character of God is implemented into His people, and then thus we're afforded that in our relationship with one another. So that when it comes to telling the truth or telling a lie, we don't trust that people of God will respond in the same character of God. We don't believe there's grace for us. We don't think people are patient with us. We don't think that God or people allow us to be growing. We don't believe or trust that we're messed up people and allowed to grow. And so when we talk about about this practice of lying that in relationship with one another is that we lie because we don't trust one another and not only that we don't trust especially within the church that the people of god will will practice the characteristics of god and that's hard like, I felt that too, is that, that, that the desire, that temptation to lie is implicit because I don't know fully, because yes, we are messed up people, we are sinful people that fall short of the God, and we are trying to find and follow Jesus together, and we're trying to implement the character and the personality of God and reflect that in our own lives, but we don't trust because we have fallen short. And so in a relationship with one another, it's sometimes easier to lie than to trust the reaction of the other person. And so this morning, when we talk about this idea that truth needs no lie, is that I'm not trying to get kind of over-spiritual, or maybe, um, but I have a spiritual, A real, like, desire to say that in our participation in lying, not only we don't believe and we don't trust, but we're participating in that old sinful nature that is a participation of the evil one who's trying to pull us away from God. That is the body of Christ. People who are found and are following God together, that we need to stop entertaining the devil and reject the lies. Because the devil's tactics, tactics are not only to get you to lie, but to lie to yourself. And then to live the lie. To double down on it when you're about to get caught up in it. And to live it at all costs. Right? And, and the tactics to say, like, in our culture today, that it's okay to lie sometimes. Right? When your spouse or somebody comes up and says, do you look, do I look good in this? hmm, yeah, Look great. Like, that's the toughest question, right? Because we don't want to hurt people's feelings, right? Or little lies. Like, it doesn't hurt people. Like, little lies are something that's like, as long as I don't inflict a lot of damage, it's okay. Because we believe ourselves that when we lie, that we don't bring death, and we don't bring damage into people's lives. We're trying to be convinced of the lie that is your words are not that important. They're important, but not that important. And it's okay, you can get off, you can get off by practicing lies in your life. I read uh, something that somebody said, and I thought it was really interesting. It says 99% of the truth is 100% lie. Just think about that. Like 99% of the truth is 100% lie. And that as people of truth, we want to be a people of, uh, of truth and a church of truth. We don't want people to come in and say, hey, they're 99% true in what they say and only 1% wrong. Living into the lie. We as, as operating God, as God doesn't reveal himself, like, I'm, I'm going to show you 99% of the truth and let you off with 1%. Right? Because in our world, like a 99 in, in schooling, right? All you parents would be like, good job, kid. And that's something to be after. But when it comes to truth, somehow that rings just hollow. That a 99% of the truth... How many of you in a relationship wants only 99% of the truth? How many of you want to establish a relationship with people that 99% of them are true and you're always wondering what that 1% is? This is what happens within the church. That as we enter, entertain this, this lifestyle of being a majority about the truth, but we entertain 1%, the foundation of that truth begins to crumble. And then the relationships with that lie is discovered. There's nothing to stand on. You're not standing on 99% standing on nothing so this is when we talk about like getting like our mouth in trouble and we talk about the end of that your truth the truth of god the truth needs no lies our call is to believe in god to trust in god To trust, to believe and trust in the truth that is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit to us today. To believe it 100% in the truth that God has given to us. And then also to believe and to trust in one another. To believe and to trust in one another. Ephesians ends the section with this. Since you've heard the truth about Jesus, you have learned that the truth comes from him. Friends, one of the things that I learned about, and I'm still learning about lying, is that when we lie, we allow our truth to hold more value than the truth of God. Because we haven't fully thrown off that old nature and that old self. That we kind of want to play both worlds. Because like, if we don't, if this is not really true, we want to hold on to a little bit so that we can save ourselves. Truth doesn't need your lies. It doesn't need a, sup, a supplement. It doesn't need a suppressant. The truth can stand on its own. God doesn't need you to make him to look out better than he is, to say that the grace and the way that you interpreted it is better than the actual grace in the one who created it. We in the church don't need to say that we are radically hospitable in the church or we radically grace-filled because we're adding a supplement to the grace in the one who created grace the one who has been the most hospitable to you. And so we allow his grace and his hospitality to stand alone, that the truth is good enough. It doesn't need our lies, our supplements, or our suppressants in order to make the truth more palpable. The truth is enough. And some of us today when we're talking about lying, some of us are living a lie. Like in our digital age, the lies that we are living are portrayed is far cry different than the actual life that we are living. Our relationships are not as good as they look online. Our relationships, not even online, our relationships and the way that we portray in the church are not as good as they should be in the church. The church itself, I'm not talking individuals, but also the church as well, is holding on to a lie that you need to let go of. And to be honest about we don't have as good of a relationship with one another or with God as we say we do. And if we come to the fact that, God, yes, there is, we're aiming at the truth, we're aiming at the center, and we are far cry. Instead of saying that we are closer, it is okay to be like, here we are, and I'm aiming for the center of truth. Not only are some of us like holding on and living to a lie, but some of you are believing a lie that you have been told. Some of you are believing a lie that you've been told to by the evil one or by somebody else in your life. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. If you fix this about your life, then you would have this, that, or another. Some of you are believing a lie. And that needs to be let go of. You need to hold on to the truth that has been revealed in Jesus Christ. And some of you, some of us, some of us are carrying a lie. And we've been carrying it for far too long. And instead of lying about it, doubling down on it, We need to believe that the truth will set you free. And sometimes the devil in his temptation of you is to say if you actually let go of that lie what are you without it? Because I've got you to lie. I've got you to lie to yourself. I've got you to live that lie. And if you let it go what are you? Who are you? Who's going to accept you? Who's going to love you? And as people of the truth, we need to look at one another who are carrying lies and not shame them for it, but speak words of truth and in a life that allows them to get rid of, to offload the lie that they have been carrying for years and so that they too can live into the freedom of, That is found in Christ. Because when you have the truth that you will receive from Christ. That that truth needs no lie. That the truth from Jesus needs no lie. That it says that you are loved. Period. That you are forgiven. Period. Period. That you are a masterpiece created in the image of God, period. That you have a purpose. That you can be made whole. Some of you need to hear these words over your life right now. That you need to allow the truth to sink in to the lie that you've been holding, believing, and spreading that people have a purpose, that you have a purpose, that you can actually be made whole. You don't have to walk around broken. You can walk in the process of being healed. That you no longer have to be bound, that you can be set free, period. That you can ignore and experience peace now. That by his life, his death, and his resurrection that he has conquered sin and death and he offers all of those who come to him, repent and cast off that old self to follow him to know that the truth can set you free, period. Church, we need to stop buying into the lie that adds on to the truth that you are loved if. You are loved when. You can be loved and anything that follows after. The truth of God is that you are loved. You are forgiven. There's grace made enough for you. There is freedom in life right now, not in in the age to come. people of God who need to participate in the truth and speak life into one another and not to say, and coming from me um, and from any other leader on the stage is to say that the truth is enough, that you are set free, you are loved, you are forgiven, you can be made whole in your life right now when you speak the name of Jesus, not only into your own life, casting off the lies and into the life of one another. My truth will bring life. I think about the valley of the dry bones. That when God spoke from the four winds, life into the dead bodies and knitting them together is the same truth that He spoke when He created all things. And if the truth can be at the beginning, creating all things, and the truth can bring life into dead bones, then truth should be the thing that we speak to one another. Because we are the witnesses of God. We are the tangible representation of God with flesh on. And as people of God, we need to embody and live into the truth of God, not only in our relationship with Him, but our relationship with one another. And we find that our mouth gets us less in trouble. We find out that the transformation that God can do we live fully into the truth can radically change. The truth has radically changed you. The, the truth of Christ has radically changed me. The truth of God has radically changed generation after generation after generation Church, let us be the embodiment of Christ, that when we walk up to one another, we speak life, freedom, the name of Jesus into our brothers and sisters who have yet to know you and those that know you. That we entertain the lies in our life no longer. And we also entertain, we don't entertain the lies that one another carries. Church, you're not meant to carry it alone and do life alone. We are meant to encourage and edify one another. That we don't just hold on to the truth for ourselves and hope that everybody else gets away from the lie. You are to be people that go with the truth of God into people, brothers and sisters in Christ and brothers and sisters who have yet to know Christ and to speak truth into their lives so that they too may know the one who is love. Let's pray. Father, those three things that I think have been in my head all week. Our brothers and sisters, your kids, your sons and your daughters who are holding on to lies in their life. They can't seem to let go of it. Father, I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit to speak gently the words of truth in their life that they need to hear. That they are more than enough. That they are immensely loved by the God who created them. That they are welcomed into the family of God, into the table of God, not by how well they perform, but how they submit to the one who loves and created them. God, also may we be the people who spread truth and life to one another, that bring life with our words, that participate in the healing of others as we are healed too. God, come. May we be the church that stands on your truth and nothing but. God set us free. We ask this in your name. Amen.